Hey, all you nature nerds, this is You're Gonna Die Out There. Welcome back, nature nerds. It's been a minute. Hot minute. I knew you were going to say that. Because <laughs> I always say it. So somebody wrote me an email the other day and they're like, can you take a hot minute to work on this? And they'd asked me, it was like the second time they asked me, but it was like, because what they were sending was really involved and would take more than a hot minute, right? Oh. And so I sent it back and I wrote back to this guy and I was like, I took a hot 30 minutes to fix this for you. I hope it's okay. But he never responded. Oh, no. And I was like, was that too sassy? I Was it a work, work, work email? Work email. Someone oh, wrote, yeah. can you take a hot minute yeah. in a work email? Yeah. I feel like that's sassy. That's, it's, he initiated the sass. And I sassed right back. And I, I but I never yeah. got like a thank you, a f you. Just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just bleep that. Yeah. I didn't get anything. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Rude. I know. That did take some time. Yeah. Anyway, welcome back. Hey, listen, <laughs> this summer has been, we already talked about it. We don't it's, need to go into it, our drama. It's just the, so many things. Typhoons. Let internet, me just tell you that issues. Megan's internet is barely on. It's, it, we're hoping. It's, we'll it's see. shaky at best. I mean, it's a little bit better now. And well, at least my home phone is working again. Oh, that's good. Well, it wasn't it was working not. last week. It's back. Well, it might go out again, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, it's been a whole trial of something. Yeah. It's this, a trial this, of 2023. The summer's been interesting. It's mm -hmm. a lot of things going on all over the world. Yeah, People have been real hot. There's been like crazy weather. There's crazy been these weather. terrible fires in oh, Maui. Jesus. Yeah, Lahaina is like completely gone. That's insane. It's insane. Oh, man. Yeah. If you want... I have some good donation sites. Oh, yeah. Some friends there. Yeah. So we'll post those. And uh, yeah, it's been a little bit of a trial this summer, but we're Here back. Guam. Yeah. We're back. We're back. We're going to do our best, guys. <laughs> we had we a meeting. We can't promise any. We just had a meeting. We we're... typed it out in the meeting notes. Listen, we are ready. <laughs> Black we're ready. And white. We're ready to just do our best. Do the damn thing. Yeah, we'll try. But don't, yeah. you know, just keep your expectations real low as always. <laughs> uh, I mean, I feel like in the very beginning, the very first episode, you were like, we're going to have an episode a week. I will say that we, I think we held that for like a long time. Yeah. And then we ma got Marward and then it just everything went. We've been Marward a few times. Yeah. But let me tell you that this is the 98th episode by our counting, not including the bonus episodes. Yeah, yeah 98. We're just trying to get to 100. We're trying guys. to get to 100. We're like going to celebrate and then we'll just keep going. Was, you know what it is? It's the last climb <laughs> on Everest, right? Like we're using four times the oxygen we need. Right. To be, yeah. It's, we're, we've passed out a few times. <laughs> we've woken back up. We're getting there. We help. We drag each other up the hill a little bit. We're going to see the vast expanse. It's going to yes. be amazing. We're going to get to 100. We're, we're going to celebrate. <laughs> I have a couple of things that I would like to celebrate. Um, yeah. Some personal victories. Uh, yes, if I could Jen, share them. Please. Okay, guys. <laughs> Listen. First of all, I started my PhD program. Which, amazing. I went to Australia. Yeah. I freaking loved it. I'm only going there every now and then, but I, it's... And then I realized the, the actual, like, weight of it all and all the things I have to do. And I had a minute. I just sat and stared and then you at just, the sky for you a while. Cried. I was like, wow, that's a big commitment. 
(laughs) (laughs) I'm going to do it, right? You're going to do it. It's going to be fine. So that's happening. Mm Going to go like see some turtles. I'm excited about that. Very stoked. Also, guys, the public service loan forgiveness. P-S-L-F. It freaking came through. It took a year and a half. I didn't think it was going to happen. Yeah. My loans are forgiven. I... I was 100% forgiven. Jen called me at work and I was so excited for her. Of course, she had to be like, don't tell anyone. I'm going to like put it on the work chat or whatever. But I decided but, not to. Yeah. And then, and then as, soon as, as soon as you were like, it was as like, I like, announced <laughs> it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, release the Kraken, you know? And like, you were like, okay, you can tell everybody. And then I was like, oh my God, you guys, Jen, Jen's loans were forgiven. <laughs> Man, let me tell you. Yeah, it's huge. This has been That's a burden huge. for like 20 years. Yeah. I didn't think I would never thought I'd come out from under it. <laughs> it's and I and I feel bad for all the people that are like, well, we paid our loans. What's in it for us? That's not it's not look, me. Look. I did hey, I, I'm not working for the government. I'm just saying I, I well, I mean I do work for the government, right, yes. but not in that. <laughs> Listen, that's how I got them forgiven. Right. Because I've been working a long time. Uh for the government, for Peace, uh, well, Corps. Peace Corps, like all yeah, public Peace service. Peace Corps didn't even count. That's what's crazy. Because it didn't start till after two thousand seven. Oh, for real? Yeah. So my Peace Corps didn't count, but it was my government work since. Right, right, right. Yeah, guys. Anyway, I'm I'm so happy for you. Thank you. I'm so happy. I can't, I still can't believe it. I still, I've gone to all the online on just to see the zero balance. Right. It's it's just keep looking at it. Miracle. You should print it out and have it framed, honestly. I feel like I should. Zero balance. Megan suggested I get an ice cream cake. 100%. And celebrate, which ice cream cakes are the way to do it. And you have to write exactly what it is that you're, because there's just something about. Like student (laughs) loans were forgiven, zero balance on an ice cream cake. Well, I think the reason I didn't do it is because you couldn't make it to the mini celebration dinner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm going to wait because I need to, I need you to be part of the ice cream cake. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe next weekend. Yes. We'll do it. Amazing. Anyway, just had to share some really great news. Mm -hmm, But anyway, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. today Megan has a story for us. I do have a story. I'm excited. I have kind of a fun story. It, you know, we just, when we were kind of like trying to figure out how we we're going to put out an episode recently, and yeah. then we, we kind of just like threw out a Patreon that was on Lake Lanier. Oh, yeah. And I talked about catfish in there and, you know, just like some crazy stuff. That, it got you know, me like thinking about some I don't things. know why, because the whole story of you going to that catfish. The catfish holler? The catfish holler. <laughs> like that was, that's all I remembered about that story. I mean, I remembered other things, you but that is what I remembered. And I was like, you know, we should put up that one. Yeah. And yeah. then when I went back and listened, I was like, oh, crap. I was not here. I was stateside. You were in Oklahoma. So yeah. the recording, actually, it's not that bad. It's I think not Jonathan bad. did his thing. He did some magic. Yeah, he yeah. did his magic. But uh, it heavy. was heavy. It's a real heavy episode. And I was like, oh, this is kind of depressing. Why? I think when you suggested it, I was like, yeah, okay, we can do that one. Like, th- that's a good one. Yeah. But just for that story at the at the end, right? Is but it's a heavy. It. It's but so you know heavy. what? Things got to, you know, yeah. got to talk about those things. I feel like people enjoyed it, though. You gotta, yeah. Got some feedback. Yeah, and we some people sent us like some newer, uh, newer stories. No, that Lake, Lake just this summer, two people died at Lake yes. Lanier. Yes, it's every year. I'm telling you, that lake is uh, cursed. Yeah, never going there. You guys, don't go to Lake Lanier. All right. Okay. Um, so we're going to talk about some bodies of water again today. Well, a body of water. A body. But water. this is the Kali River uh-huh. in India, which when I first saw the name, I was like. 
I immediately was like looking up that Indiana Jones, like <laughs> Kalima, right? Like oh, that really yeah. awful. <laughs> to, was that Temple of Doom? Just was like, that the one where he hor- ripped his heart out? Or? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's the freaking worst. So, but no, it's not, I mean, has nothing to do. I thought for just a split second, uh-huh. it might be related to this story, but it's absolutely not. So. Okay. Well, now <laughs> we know. So I'm going to start this out with a... I don't know if lore is the right word, just like a little a little story about the beginning of the Kali River. Okay. Okay. We love some and, lore. And I just also want to preface this with I had to like investigate a map of India to figure out if all of these rivers because there are so many different names for it uh-huh. that it was the same river. <laughs> and there's a lot of rivers. Yeah. In India. So, once upon a time once upon a time, da, 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 da. a saint lived across the village in a hut near a Mahale tree. I think I'm saying that right. He would go to Ganja, like the Ganges River, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the Ganges River. Uh-huh. I, I'm sure I'm not saying that right either. Every morning to bathe. When he got old, it became difficult. So one day he goes to the, the Ganges or Ganja. And after bathing, he prays to the Holy Ganja that he won't be able to come there again as it was no longer possible for him to travel this distance every day. And if Holy Ganja wishes him to bathe in the river every day, then it will have to come to his place in Antwada, which if you kind of know about India, mm-hmm. the Ganges River is like, so where this river is, the Kali River and Antwada is like Nepal, like the top of India. Uh-huh. And the Ganges is like kind of down to the east, south, pretty far. Okay. I think I think it's like 400 kilometers or something, 500 kilometers. So like this guy every day is walking. <laughs> Lies. Okay, so that's why this is a story. This right, is 400 story. Yeah. miles. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's a really far walk. And he, he got too old. He was like, I don't want to do this anymore. He's like, I cannot walk 800 yeah. miles a day. He prays to the God. He's like, please <laughs> bring the river to me. He's actually like, 21. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) His knees don't work anymore. (laughs) No. He's just been walking forever. So he goes back to his hut. The next day, there's a bull and it starts hitting the Mahale tree near the saint's hut. Due to the bull's actions, a group of snakes residing in the tree came out. Among them, there was a female snake which went towards the south direction. It is believed that a water stream followed her wherever she passed. Other streams also merged into this stream along the way, shaping it into a river. Therefore, it is believed that the origin of this river is from that tree. Hence, it was named Nagin River. The saint bathed in the stream every day until he died. Oh. So Nagin River is like a snake river. Okay. But it's called the Kali River. But if you look at it on Google Maps, I think it's called Sandbar. Right. S-A-N-B-A-R. So so many names. Right. And there's also part of a Kali River in the southwest of India. But the one we're talking about today is actually the border between Nepal and India. That just sounds like anytime people go to a place and they just like, we're going to name it this or yeah. we're going to call it this. And it's so not. And, and the I didn't even get into like the Nepalese. Yeah. Nepalese names. There's all different right. kinds. So. All right. Sounds so, yeah. like you said Nepalese, by the way. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I think I used that when I was breastfeeding. <laughs> Nepalese. Yeah. Just, it's just like a really nice Vaseline <laughs> <Yeah>. for, <laughs> for your nipples. Oh. oh, God. All right. So the Kali River originates from a place called, and I'm going to really F up all the names today uh-huh. because I just cannot, you know, Olympiad Hura situated at an altitude of more than 500 meters above sea level. 
It is said to have uh, gotten its name from a temple of Kali Mata situated on the border of India and Tibet near, uh, there's like this pass there um, that it's kind of near. And the length of the river is about 350 kilometers. And then it joins with another river and then it turns into the Ganges River as it's heading south. It is the lifeline to some 400,000 people in the Uttara Kannada district and supports the livelihoods of tens of thousands of people, including fishermen on the coast of Karwar. There are many dams built across the river. They use those dams for electricity, you know, to like stem. Of course, we're talking about India, so there's a rainy season. So the dams are also there to kind of like help control some of the flow. But Mm -hmm. I know we've talked about dams and other episodes and that sometimes doesn't work out really well no yeah so uh one of the most important dams across the kali river is the supa dam at ganesh Guri. the most recent like really super destructive floods that left people homeless and having to rely on like government assistance like move them to places where they could live because their houses are gone businesses you know all the things august 2019 i think that's when the most recent floods Mm -hmm. that were super destructive happened There are treated effluents released directly into the river by industrial units and illegal sand mining in the Supa Dam result in serious disturbances to the river's ecology. We'll talk about that later. That's just a little... There's a lot of paper mills, too. Ew. Paper mills. Paper mills are so stinky. Kind of the worst. And actually, some of the paper mills are thought to have drawn crocodiles to the Anchi Dandeli Tiger Reserve. So there's a big tiger reserve. Yeah, we talked about that, yes. remember? Yeah. yeah. That's where this river kind of oh, comes from, is that area. Okay. Yeah. Chemical and petroleum companies near the estuary have been leaking toxic waste, including mercury, into the Kali River for oh. decades. Yikes. So the Kali River has, like, a it's needed by a lot of people, and it is super polluted. Ugh. So fun. Real TV India's biggest reality show, it's called... Sarkarki Dunia. Yeah. Right, was shot at Mango Island near Ambe Jog, which is an island surrounded by the Kali River in Siddhar near Karwar. So I went and looked it up. Uh-huh. I was like, what is this show? Yeah. I want to watch it. It's a reality TV show. It's like their survivor. I feel like anybody who's listened to us for a while should may know this, but but Megan is a huge fan of anything Bollywood. Bollywood or Indian. It's like she loves it. Like food, the we've music, talked about going there the forever. People. Yeah. It is going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to be amazing. It is going to be amazing. I will cry. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, it's basically like their survivor show. There's like a Wikipedia page for it, and it they don't describe what the show, like, it's just like, oh, people get voted off of it, but they don't talk about <laughs> what happens on the show. Oh, weird. And I think maybe I'm assuming there's more than one season because it's, it's the biggest TV show from this TV station or whatever. Yeah. Real TV India. It's like their biggest show. I'm like, well, what is it about? What happens on that show? And they don't tell you. Not on the Wikipedia page. And I didn't go and like you look up the show page. It. Yeah, that's what I need to do. Yeah. A little fun fact. There is also a Disney ride. If you go to, what is that, Epcot? Oh, like okay. Asia, mm-hmm. Epcot. Oh, uh, in it's, Asia. Okay. Yeah, it's called the Kali River Rapids. Oh. So there's that. So let's talk about April of 1998. It's 1 p.m. on the Kali River. There is a there's a guy. He's 17 years old with his girlfriend, who's like 17 or 18. Uh-huh. Um, his name is Dil Batador, and they arrive at like this ferry spot. And I can't remember the village that they're in. 
it was listed someplace and I forgot to put it in here. But basically there's like there's like pretty wide sections of the Kali River mm-hmm. in the north. And it, they're at a pretty high elevation. It's cold water, but like maybe refreshing. So they're waiting on this ferry. It's a con- contaminated, <laughs> in a contaminated kind of way. It's totally fine. It's at the top of the river, so it's probably less contaminated. <laughs> Who knows? So Dill is like, we're waiting on this ferry. It's going to take forever. I'm going to just jump in the water for a little bit. I'm going to swim around, cool mm-hmm. off. His girlfriend is like, cool, I'm going to sit here. I think that they were actually like moving to Delhi or something to go live together. Okay. Like they're starting their life together. Yeah. But their girlfriend, boyfriend, I don't know. Anyway, point is he gets into the water. He's swimming around. She's watching him. There's other people waiting on the ferry. They're all just like hanging out. All of a sudden she's screaming. She's like, he's disappeared. He was there and now he's not. There's no sound. No one heard any struggle. Nothing. He's just gone. He's just gone. His head just went below the water, and it never came back. Do they have their own Nessie? <laughs> that would be amazing. So, she, the witnesses said they would have never even known that he was gone if she hadn't been screaming. Oh. It was, like, very quick. Authorities and villagers searched for three days over an area spanning five kilometers, like, 3.11 miles. Did she see miles. him disappear under the water? Like, she saw him, like, bloop. Yeah. Just his head went under, and that's why she started screaming. He just never came up. He Uh didn't yell. He had no no sound. Uh No, like, struggle. Uh Nothing. Just bloop. Yeah. So Dill's body was never found. I mean, it's a river, too. That's going to be kind of hard. Yeah. But not even, like, downstream. No, I mean, no, you should find them in a river. Maybe. Like an ocean, yeah, it'd be hard. Sure. in a river. So they never found it. It's gone. Gone, Jen. Three months later, April, March, I can't. April, April, May, March. June. <laughs> What's happening? June. <laughs> you guys, it's been a rough summer. It's been really hard, you guys. So like June, uh-huh. um, at a village a little further down river, it's called Dharmagat. Mm-hmm. There's a young boy. He's bathing in shin height water. He's just like out there. He's like washing, just like his daily bath, whatever. His father is there on the bank. Uh-huh. All of a sudden, the boy is moving quickly through the water and starts screaming that something is pulling his leg. His father tries to run after his son, cannot catch up to him. By the time he reaches the water, the boy is gone. No. No body ever was found. What? Yeah. Then this final attack occurs in 2007. So 1998 to 2007. Uh-huh. There's an 18-year-old Nepalese man. He disappears in the river. And there's actually a witness this time. Mm-hmm. And he sees what pulls him down. And he described it as something like a mud-colored water pig. Okay, wait. Let me let me just try to envision this nightmare. Yes, a mud-colored water, water pig. pig pulls this Nepalese man under the water. Uh, oh, he was eighteen years. I don't know if I said it, he was eighteen. Yeah, yeah, years. you okay. did. Yeah. I don't like the sound of this, Megan. What is happening right now? What yeah, is this? Yeah. So there's this British biologist, Jeremy Wade. Uh-huh. Do you know who he is? No, you ever heard of him before? No. So April 12th, 2009, there's an episode on these attacks that airs on animal the Animal Planet show River Monsters. Oh, and oh, it's that this guy. guy. That yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Jeremy River Wade. Monsters guy. Okay. So he heard about these incidences. And there's also one, I think I mentioned it later, like a, a buffalo, a water buffalo gets like drug away. I think I'm going to mention it here in a minute. Anyway, so he, Jeremy Wade is like, what is that? I am interested. I will catch this river monster uh-huh. because that's the name of my show. 
And that's what I do. That's what I do. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Originally, he was skeptical of the truth behind the attacks. He later became intrigued because the attacks only occurred in this small area at the very top. So it's like 6.4 kilometers, about four miles. That's the only place they've ever had these reports. Uh-huh. Um, he was told by the villagers that the creature likely developed a taste for human flesh and had grown large after eating half-burnt human remains discarded from funeral pyres on the riverbanks. So when they would have a funeral, uh-huh. they take the body down to the river, they build a pyre, they put the body on top of it. The body only burns maybe like halfway, like partially cremated. It's like <clears throat> the belief is that the soul has gone uh-huh. already. Uh-huh. So we don't need this body. They just dump it into the river. Yeah, it's like a half-burnt marshmallow. <clears throat> Like yes. you just cooked it on one side. Yes. Yeah. And so this creature that lives in the river. And this made me think so much of uh, Gustave. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking <laughs> of right now. Yeah, yeah. So Wade goes to the first site where that guy, Dill, had gone under, under the water. His girlfriend saw him. Mm-hmm. And he used a depth sounder, you know, just like reflects sound back up so you can mm-hmm. tell what the depths look like under the water. He goes all around that area and to kind of see where the water is moving. Because there was this theory that some people believe that Dill had been pulled down by a whirlpool. Oh, yeah. And that's why. You yeah. know. But the, again, they never found the body. But after mm-hmm. examining the water, Wade was like, no, this isn't the situation. Like, yes, there are whirlpools in this area, mm-hmm. but it's not strong enough to pull this guy down. And it was like the time of year that it happened. Like all of these things because mm-hmm. it's not the rainy season. It's just right. like regular kind of slow moving water. And I think this is when he gets the story from someone in the village that about a kilometer away from that area where Gil had disappeared, there was like this farmer and he came and saw Wade like doing this filming. And he was mm-hmm. like, oh, my God. Yeah, no, a water buffalo also got pulled. Like my father's water buffalo was in the water. It was like in three feet of water. Uh-huh. And this 800 pound water buffalo just gets pulled away they never found the carcass of the water buffalo and i was like what kind of animal so wade theorized that the creature that pulled that buffalo Mm -hmm. would have to weigh 91 to 136 kilograms that's between 660 to 880 pounds oh my god (laughs) so wade starts to think of all the possibilities right they're in india he's like what what are we looking at here? He's like, maybe it's a crocodile. But it can't be a saltwater crocodile because yeah. we're like really far inland. There's no way a saltwater croc is going to be in this area. I like to see him like looking at his list. He's like, this, this, this. Mud-colored water pig. <laughs> Mud-colored water. He's just like marking at saltwater croc. He just like draws a line uh-huh. through it. He determined that the cousin of the croc, the gharial Gariel, you know what I'm okay. talking about? Those I things am. with like the thin noses. Oh, they yeah, look like yeah, little yeah. tiny crocs. Yeah. yeah. Really wouldn't have the jaw structure to kill a human or a buffalo. Right. He's like, no, yeah. it's not going like to happen. Trying to get bit by a toucan with teeth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, really, he thought the most likely culprit would be the mugger crocodile, which is the most common Indian species river mm-hmm. crocodile. Okay. That you just like, when you think of a crocodile in India, that's what it is. A mugger, like it's going to mug you. <laughs> yeah, it's going to mug that you. That kind of makes sense. Of all the things. Yeah, fits, um, fits the bill. Yeah, the only thing is that the area of the Kali River that they're in, the attacks only occurred in cool water. 
Mm. with inhospitable banks for crocs. Because crocodiles spend, especially these mugger crocodiles, they spend a lot of time on the banks basking and Mm. like also reproducing. And no one has ever seen a mugger crocodile in that area on the banks of the rivers. Yeah. They like the warm, the warm climate. They need to be warm. Yeah. They're not into this cold water. They're over there with their shades and their pina colada. They're like, look... (laughs) We That's summer. not us. We That's only not summer. Us, you guys. Yeah. We like our, our food to be like heated up. <laughs> <laughs> so Wade calls up his buddy. He's a marine biologist. His name is Rick Rosenthal. Mm-hmm. And I guess he's also maybe a famous photographer, question mark, because the way he says it. So I actually watched the episode. And the way he's like, Rick Rosenthal, you know, like this uh, renowned uh, cameraman and (laughs) marine biologist. Uh And you're like, okay, cool. So Rick Rosenthal comes along and they're going to look for evidence of bull sharks because he he was like, well, maybe it's bull sharks, which again, so far inland. Yeah, but it's been known to happen. Yes. So they're like, let's not discount it. Yeah. It might be possible. So Rick shows up and he uses a remote sub camera, like a little camera that you like a like a drone that goes mm-hmm. under the water mm-hmm. to investigate where the buffalo had disappeared. But Wade believes that, yeah, they ha- wouldn't have come up that far. And no one's ever seen evidence of like fins in the water, mm-hmm. you know, like jawsing it up in the river. Mm. Like no one's seen any sharks there. They didn't hear the music. Right. Okay. They're like, we never heard that soundtrack. Yeah. Didn't happen then. No sharks. Yeah. But during the underwater investigation, they find a one meter. It's a three foot, three inch goonch. Catfish. Have you ever heard of a goonch catfish? No, please don't tell me this was a catfish. (laughs) So Wade tried to catch the catfish. He can't catch it. It gets away. Anyway, later they are in another part of the river Uh where an attack had occurred. I don't know. I can't remember which area. And they find a a group of goonch catfish that are man-sized, like six-foot catfish. Oh, my God. He made an unsuccessful attempt at capturing a few of them. He uh-huh. did get one smaller one at one point. And so then he thought, okay, if it's these catfish, uh-huh. I'm going to pretend like we're having a funeral. I'm going to build a pyre. Mm-hmm. I'll light it on fire. No one's going to be on it. But we're just going to like, maybe the smell and the smoke and the fire is going to like lure the catfish there. Uh-huh. And wouldn't you know it, Jen? It did. It totally did. And he caught... He caught a six foot, seven inch, that's two meters long, goonch catfish. It weighed 73 kilograms. That's 161 pounds. It is a record breaking catfish. That's three. How did he catch it though? Three, with a reel. No. With a freaking rod and reel. How did he reel it? Like what kind of a. There's like at one point where he's like reeling it. And then the catfish goes into kind of this, like, more turbulent area, and uh-huh. he just goes in the water. No. Yes. <laughs> and he he catches it. And it takes him and, like, these two other guys to pull it up on shore. They actually re-release it, okay? Uh-huh. He's like, this isn't the catfish that killed people, but could it kill people? 100%. It could drag people down. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the goonch catfish so that you can understand I'm like in shock over here. I mean, I grew <laughs> up with catfish? catfish. This is like you have a, a massive. Hall? Like, what if? <laughs> what they're if? like that could feed like a, that could feed the restaurant customers for like for a month ever? Yeah. So this one that he caught the 161 pounder, um, he said that's three times the weight of an average goonch. 
And he estimated that the fish was strong and large enough to eat a small child, for sure. Ooh. Um, he stated in an interview that he believed that larger specimens were likely to exist and that the specimen that he captured was not large enough to be the alleged man-eater on the mm. basis of the sizes of the victims. I mean, including that buffalo, probably. But he said, there will be a few freak individuals that grow bigger than the others, and if you throw in extra food, they will get even bigger. So, yeah, this is... So the goonch catfish... Let's talk about them. Uh They are also known as a giant devil catfish, and they are found in rivers throughout South Asia and have been recorded reaching sizes of up to two meters. So that's the one that he caught is that largest one. Wow. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I looked up a picture of it. Yeah. Because I needed to see, and it looks like a shark. So they have been compared to sharks. Yeah. And actually, most... With, with like, a whisker thing happening. Yeah. And most catfish have, like, the... They have, like, a... Like, they don't have teeth. They have, like, this little area. I think I put it in here someplace. But they don't... Well, it looks like teeth. Okay, so most catfish have rasping pads in their mouths, like cats. Mm -hmm. Like how the little, like, tongue or something. Yeah, yeah. These catfish have back-turned teeth. Like, sharp... Like, shark teeth. But they're like facing backwards. That, so if you tried to get out, you yeah, know, that reminds like, me of an eel. Eels. That's how eels are. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like eels. Ooh. So uh, the Gunch catfish, Bagarius yarelli, known as a giant devil catfish or Gunch, is a very large species of catfish. And they are found, like I said, in the rivers of South Asia. They like to be in faster currents, particularly deeper pools near faster currents. And they are never found in smaller streams. So mm-hmm. the Kali River is kind of like perfect habitat for them. Yeah. They're into it. They are actually vulnerable on the IUCN red list because they have been excessively harvested. So they have a high commercial value. They're fished. I, they, in the article that I read, it was like they have delectable flesh. Mm-hmm. It's delectable. And recreational anglers hunt for the large adult ones as game fish. And then the hydroelectric projects have also affected, you know, habitat loss, have impacted their ability, you know, to move within their range and stuff like that. So, wait, can I, are you going to talk about it? Do they go in two holes? Like a burrow kind of thing? Like noodling? (laughs) I don't think you would ever noodle these. No, but they, it seems like they noodle people. Yeah. What's the opposite of noodling, actually? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they, right? Right. catch people. Uh Uh-huh. It didn't really say other than that they just like to be in these. I mean, when they did the underwater camera work, the catfish that they saw were kind of like hiding in crevices, like chilling out. But the six yeah. that were all together, they were just like together. They're just like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> just like, that's, that's the face they you think it would be that sound. Right. But underwater. <laughs> I can't even do an underwater sound. Blah, 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 blah. Interestingly, the order of the fish was the highest honor of the Mughal Empire. I don't know if I'm saying that right. And it was named after this fish. It's very Harry yeah. Potter. It's good times. The super large goonch has been popular for its excessively violent nature. I pulled that straight from, I was like, why does that make it popular? Do they fight these fish? What is it about the goonch that people are like into? I don't know. And I should mention that goonch is like kind of a catch-all word for catfish. Oh. So if in India, like in, I so think. So it's like, like saying Hindi catfish, catfish? Yeah, it's like catfish. Okay. catfish. <laughs> 
The life expectancy, they said the life expectancy of a goonch cannot be stated owing to the dearth of concrete research data. Like, there's not a lot of research on these guys. They all died. They all got eaten. Yeah. And my thing is that, like, how do we know they're on, they're vulnerable? Because they're in murky waters. If you look at the video, so they get there, I forget, it's like early in the year. And then while they're there, the rainy season starts. So it's like end of July, beginning of August. It's probably just based on people saying, like, we used to catch a lot and now we don't catch them. Now we don't catch a lot. We don't see them anymore. Yeah. It's probably that's, that's, yes, exactly. The breeding period initiates before the arrival of monsoons, which is probably why those six were all hanging out together. Mm -hmm. They are green, brown, or tan colored. And they have kind of large band on the back end with darker pigments. Yeah. And there were some, like, small facts here about, like, how catfish croak. Like, they talk to each other. They croak to shoo away predators. They can drum, grunt, and sing. And they identify and detect prey by smelling. So I think the him setting that funeral pyre mm-hmm. situation actually did That worked. Well, work. he is, like, the guy who catches river monsters. Yeah. Side note, I, would, like, was kind of reading up on him a little bit. And I guess he lost a part of his arm uh, really? because of a stingray. And I was like, that's like too close to... Um, Irwin. Oh, I'm blanking out. Yeah. Steve Irwin. Steve Irwin. Yeah. So stingrays, man. Like, why do people keep messing with them? Yeah. You know, I never really watched that show. I think it's I'm just not... I don't know. There's something about it that doesn't really pull me in. The River, River Monsters. River Monsters. Oh, yeah. yeah. So this episode wasn't super bad. There was... I think what it is is they like build up a lot of drama... Yeah. Around some it's really kind of boring. basic things. It's a little bit boring. Yeah, I think that's, that's like even when he pulled the catfish out, part of me was like, like I knew it was a catfish before I started watching it. Uh-huh. If I hadn't known it was a catfish before I started watching it, I think I would have been like, whoa, that's crazy. Right. But because I think the name of the episode is like Killer Catfish, mm-hmm. I was like, for real? <laughs> so pretty impressive. The one that yeah. they pull out. It's kind of crazy. Speaking of which, I was really close to the Steve Irwin Zoo. In oh. Brisbane. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I passed by, but yeah, I didn't do any of that stuff. But right. probably when I go back, I'll take my kids. To go see. To go see all the things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It'll be fun. Yep. Goonch, they eat crustaceans, small fish, invertebrates, and amphibians. Occasionally, maybe some people. half-burnt people. Yeah. Um, or live live people. Some um, and again, buffalo. they say it's known to be an aggressive predator. The most prominent feature of the fish are the ultra-sharp, serrated teeth and strong, broad jaw. Some people in the video actually referred to them as like sharks of the Kali River. But what makes me wonder is like when they've pulled people under, is like the water just so murky that they didn't see blood? Yeah. Because if they're getting bit with those teeth, right. there's got to be some blood. there got to be some And blood. I would feel like even there would be some more of a struggle. Like right. I just wonder how they're... Because also... I was reading about how they're catfish, right? They don't swim super fast. Yeah. Like, how are they getting these people? And, and I just like, feel like they wouldn't be as, I mean, I hate to stealthy? say this, as stealthy and smart as sharks. Right? I don't know. Jen, maybe you're discounting them. Maybe. Right? It's totally possible. Yeah. I feel like there is kind of like a little bit of a mystical, I don't know, like like you were saying, like a Nessie yeah. thing to the stories that I wonder if they were really that. I mean, the the thing that I will mention is that where people disappeared, the water is moving pretty swiftly. Okay. So I'm thinking that it was like a combination of being pulled by something very large and uh-huh. the water moving quickly, maybe. 
And they just kind of grabbed him and swam just down kept, to their sip, crevasse. Going, yeah, yeah. Just like, stuffed the bodies down there. In their crevasses. And then yeah. they were like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what they look like they would sound like. Ugh. I agree with that. These poor people. So, yeah, that's the mystery. I guess they never, nobody ever definitively said, okay, these people were attacked by catfish. There were some um, articles, you know, in different mm-hmm. news, like Daily Telegraph, whatever, where people were like, oh, these giant man-eating catfish. But, I mean, totally possible. I'm I'm saying it is. It could, you know, what it could else also would it have been. Uh, this is true. Who knows? Well, yeah. So, let me just talk real quick about the Jim Corbett National Park. Oh, did okay. you talk about that? I did. I did I talk like, about it. I was like, did you mention? I'm just going to mention it because actually, where they found the first um, or one of the, maybe it was the six mm-hmm. catfish was in Jim Corbett National Park. It's kind of part of that same river watershed. There we go. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, you know where rivers are all together? Watershed. There we go. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Jim Corbett National Park is part of the largest Corbett Tiger Reserve. The Project mm-hmm. Tiger lives in that area. And then it was established in the year 1936 as Haley National Park and then eventually was renamed in 1956 after India's independence to Corbett National Park after the hunter and naturalist Jim Corbett. I thought that was kind of cool. In there, they go visit and yeah. I was like, that's neat. Yeah. If you go back and listen to our that episode on the man-eating tigers. Yeah. I go into that in quite there. I go into the history of him a yes. little bit more. Yeah. It's, yeah, very cool. Yeah. And just for a split second, when they were, because they go to it early in the episode, I was uh-huh. like, are they trying to say tigers are pulling people under, like just underwater swimming tigers just yes. down there? So anyway. It's amazing. I mentioned it. So let's talk a little bit about the Kali River pollution issues. Mm. I mentioned. So more than 1,200 villages are situated on or near the banks of the river, but the worst affected are the 44 situated in the most polluted stretch downstream of Merut City, and there are several industries down there. So this is a quote from one of the villagers of Coal Village, which is 10 kilometers downstream of Merut. They said, 30 years ago, we used to drink the Kali's water. There were guava orchards on both banks of the river, but all those trees disappeared as they could not survive with the increasing levels of pollution. The river is now deemed a health hazard. Atul Tayagi, also from Cole, discovered that all six people from his village who volunteered to donate blood to his aunt had hepatitis B. Oh. Yeah. Uh, His aunt's like, no, thank you. (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) There are cases of infertility among people and farm animals. Mm Mm-hmm. And the Union Environment Ministry directed the Central Pollution Control Board, the CPCB, to monitor quality of the river and major wastewater outfalls. And they did a study, and they recorded that the biological oxygen demand of the river, which indicates, like, different levels of pollution. It will be an indicator of pollution. Mm -hmm. um, Near Coal Village was above 100 milligrams per liter, more than 30 times the standard deemed suitable for bathing. So the standards deemed suitable for bathing is three milligrams per liter. Uh And this is 100 milligrams per liter. Yikes. There was neither any oxygen nor fish in the stretch of river that they did the um, study in. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are 31 industries within Marut District, including sugar mills, paper mills, textile and distilleries, along with villages and slaughterhouses. There was like this anecdotal thing where villagers were like, we frequently see... Just like body parts and oh. internal organs of different animals floating down the river. Like, oh my God. That discharge their effluent into the river. Marut City contributes more than 60% of the pollution load in the stretch studied by CPCB. 
The study also recorded three drains, Abu Nala 1, Abu Nala 2, and the Slaughterhouse Drain, which are carrying 378 million liters a day, that's MLD, of industrial and domestic wastewater from Marut City. Like, they're drains. They're pipes. Oh, my God. And they just let them drain it? Straight into the river. Like, come on. They, they need to put some, Step like, some, some regulations. regulations on this stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's terrible. According to CPCB estimates, 26 million liters a day is industrial effluence. The rest is sewage. Oh. That's 26 out of 378. Ew. Yeah, That's the rest of that is sewage. Uh, the city uh, has 11 functioning sewage treatment plants, most of which have been built over the past two years, with a total installed capacity of 91 million liters a day. But they need one that has a capacity of 350 million ugh. liters a day. So People. Just, the city municipal corporation has a pending proposal under the Jawaharlal Nehru Urban Renewal Mission to enhance the treatment infrastructure by 145 million liters a day. Even after this expansion, untreated sewage will find its way to the river. That is true, admits an official. Oh, boy. Little quote there. A water drawn from shallow aquifers turns yellow within 15 minutes at most village hand pump sites between Darala and Ajara, two of the villages. Mm -hmm. uh, groundwater is the only source of potable water, but only 12 villages have storage tanks which source water from deep aquifers, which are safer. This source remains inadequate. Poor maintenance and poor electricity availability compounds the problems. Yikes. Yeah. Often villagers in these habitations have to depend on hand pumps. Quote, you think we like drinking yellow water? We have to drink it. From where else can we get clean water? Asks Om Parish. Om Prakash, who's the head of the village of Jalapur, situated 100 meters from the Kali. According to the water quality test conducted in 2011 by the Near Foundation, persistent organic pollutants, so those are non-degradable compounds, mm -hmm. were found in two samples near Saini village, downstream of a sugar mill, and most of the villagers draw water from the river to irrigate their fields, despite knowing that the water is contaminated, the farmers still use it. Like, they have no other choice. Because there's they no water? option. Yeah. <laughs> Initially, the crops grew very quickly, <laughs> and the farmers thought that the water contained fertilizers, so they kept using it. They were not aware for, of the ill effects of these heavy metals and chemicals. The crops wilt if used more than twice explained Raman Tayagi, director of Near Foundation. Wow. So the farmers also say that using river water to irrigate their sugarcane crops also produces a saline crop. The mills refuse to buy it. And even if the mills agree, the farmers must sell it at a lower price. This yeah. is effed up. It's a messed up cycle. Yeah. They also, they talk about like the curse of the Kali River mm -hmm. and like this pollution is part of it. They also say that the people who are on the Kali River are discriminated against by other people in different areas. So in India, it's usually the girl's family who goes to the boy's family for a marriage proposal. Mm -hmm. But in these villages, it's the opposite because there's no clean drinking water. The boy's family has to make the first approach because they're going to be asking to marry girls that will come to those villages. Like the girls will go to that village to live, you know what I mean? To settle mm -hmm. there. No woman is going to be like, yeah, let me come drink that yellow water. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no. Not into it. Not into it so. at all. That's 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 so bad. And yeah. that makes me think with, like, the pollution mm -hmm. that there's some, like, weird radioactive thing in there that caused, like, monster size. Catfish? Catfish. Yeah. 
It's got to be part of it, right? <laughs> I mean, we've all seen the movies. Come on. The Simpsons, honestly. Well, yeah, or The Joker. Yeah, yes. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, I have a little bit of good news. Uh-huh. Is that in, what year was this? 2020. Antwada Village is where, if you'll remember, that's where the river starts. Uh-huh. They actually have done a lot to try and help clean up the river. Mm-hmm. And they have a lot of initiatives that are the Near Foundation has supported. And they received from EarthDay.org a Star Village certificate on February 2nd, 2020, which is World Wetland Day as oh, well. Okay. okay. Yeah. And they felt like it was an appropriate day to recognize the work of the lost wetland that has now been revived in their area. So they've been trying to put out more information to the public about the dangers of pollutants and that uh, there have been some issues with, I'm trying to remember what it's called, but basically if there are a lot of pollutants in the river, it's going to start to dry up. And even if it's a seasonal river, it mm-hmm. won't be as big. Uh, there's a word for it. that I, It's totally escaping me right now. I didn't keep it in here. Anyway, so they've been doing a lot of like re-digging the river. Like draining the river or? It, well, no, it'll, um, it's like a, there's too many organics in the water. So it, there's a word for it. I can't think of. It's like the river dries up because the land <laughs> absorbs it. I'm just making hand motions at Jen. Like I'm all like, I don't know. There's a word. I don't remember. I'm all like trying to think of all the anyway. words. Anyway, basically the villages were like, or this village in particular mm-hmm. was like, we need to do better about not polluting this river. We need to do as much mitigation as possible to keep the river flowing. You know, like rewiden the banks and... Uh, you know, it's I like mean, but a, they can do their part, but doesn't it? It needs to keep happening. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. No, downriver. This down. is just like a little sliver of a. Yay. Yeah. So those are the those are the neighbors you want to have upriver, right? Yeah, yeah. And they do have a River Keepers website, and that takes us to our organization to support. Nice. It is the East Kali River Waterkeeper org and the Near Foundation who of course, supports all of this. They have the objective of creating awareness on various issues related to water involving the community in finding various solutions for a sustainable future. And I'm just going to mention the founding director of NIR, Raman Kant, said that the environment problems can only be addressed adequately if local people are involved in decision-making at all levels and have control over resources. And NIR Foundation is led by him and acts as an independent, not-for-profit-making voluntary organization. This was translated, you guys. <laughs> uh, working okay. towards environment protection and management by means of water conservation and rural development. Near Foundation is involved in research campaigns, grassroots level, practical work, and advocacy on issues related to environment and human rights. Beautiful. So they're doing good stuff. Hopefully it'll continue downriver. Because, man. Yeah, that's messed up. I'm not trying to get eaten by a giant catfish when we go to India. Yeah, or get a bad case of the poops. Or worse. Yeah. So much poops. You really have to to feel grateful for what we have. Oh, yeah. 100%. So that is my story for today. That was amazing. The Kali River. The Kali River monster, if you will. So, um, emergency preparedness kit time. Yes, that is... (laughs) You're looking at me like, what do we do next? It's been a while. You guys. Uh, yeah, Jen. So what would you put in your emergency preparedness kit? I think to protect yourself. From a from a 600-pound catfish. Yes. Let's just let's just put it there. 600-pound catfish. The big one, they didn't catch that one. They didn't catch it. The it's one that eats water buffalo. Yeah. That, that yeah. one. Yeah. It's got to be at least 300 pounds plus. Guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm just thinking about how they they were attracted to the the smoke. Yeah. Or the fire. The char. The char from people burning. <laughs> and I'm thinking that you could use that to your advantage. Mm-hmm. Of course, mm-hmm. obviously, you're not going to be out there when they're putting a body out as a part of a funeral. Right. But you could get your, you know, get like a little platform just mm-hmm. for barbecuing. Yeah. Put your dad or your husband or your brother, you know, whoever, your wife, your whoever likes to barbecue, your kids. <laughs> yeah. Whoever likes to sit out there, just put some hot dogs or some steaks, some burgers, whatever. Put them on that. Let them float downriver yeah. from where you're going to be swimming. Right. Stay at least a good, I don't know, how far you need to stay up. Stream, I'd say a ways. Good 100 feet. Yeah, 200 feet. Yeah. Easy. Play it safe. Mm-hmm. So you got your barbecue happening downriver. You're way the hell upriver. Yeah. Do your swim and then get out, you know, and then go eat some barbecue. It's all good. Well, I mean, unless unless you're a vegetarian in India. Well, you can barbecue there, some I mean, zucchini. Oh, for sure. Some tofu. <laughs> would they be interested in that? I feel like you would have to choose something that like smells kind of meaty. You That's know? what I'm saying. The hot dogs. Yeah, the yeah. Whatever. I mean, you could always just feed them that way. But they way. don't eat cows there, right? No. Yeah. So probably not. Although, I guess it depends on your religion because there are some people in India who do eat meat. So. Yeah. So it's like a religious. Your meat or non-meat or non-meat flavored right. like meat options. I think... Some your turkey some bacon, Boca burgers, some Boca, bur- whatever. <laughs> Just throw them on there, yeah, and and then swim in another direction. So I guess that would be like a floating, a floating barbecue platform. I got, I like it. Thank you. Floating barbecue platform. It'll fit That's nicely. Yeah, in the emergency yeah. preparedness kit. Yes. For sure. Just maybe just the plans of it. We'll put it in a. <laughs> you have to build it. It when needs you to go there. in the notebook with all the other things. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's what I got. Good story. I did not. I don't watch River Monsters, so I wasn't expecting this, but it was very interesting. Kind of fun. Off mic, we were saying like I was like, well, it's only like three people, right? Who and a water buffalo, the water buffalo. Yeah, that Uh, we know perished, but but possibly no, right? Like how many? How many people just went swimming, disappear, and never came back? I mean, if we think about Gustav, I'm just saying Gustav was that guy was on a mission. (laughs) Yeah, he was. No, thanks, Megan. That was really good. I just want to say that I'm just going to give a little shout out to mm-hmm. my niece, Brayden, who was texting me the other day and asking why we haven't posted an episode since July 13th. And I was like, just go back and listen to some old ones. I, <laughs> I love that she knew the date, too. Yeah. Well, it, says like, on, it, it shows it on Apple, <laughs> the date of the she's last like, one. She's like screenshotting it, circling it. Yeah, like, so I just want to say, you know, Brayden, thanks for the thanks for the reminder, and I love you. And here's the episode. So just amazing. Just, just take, just calm down. <laughs> I was like, and she said she's only listened since March, and I'm like, well, what about all the other episodes? Well, I haven't listened to those. I'm You're like, like, we have almost a hundred episodes. I'm like, get back almost and listen 100. to some old ones. Good grief. I mean, they're you know, there's They're some so good ones. Yeah, they are entertaining. I'm sure, we're still sprucing up some of the old ones. It's yeah, we're taking out all true. the f bombs, <laughs> so they're more family friendly when you have your kids in the car. You know, Good it times. is what it is. What was I going to say? I was going to say something to you, and I cannot remember. But I'm happy to be sitting here. I know that actually, I know you've been thinking about the podcast. I've been thinking about the podcast since July 13th. Oh yeah, just constantly. Like, when are we going to be able to get this back up? And yeah, it's been hard for Megan to put together a story with no internet. Let's put it that way. It's been fun. Yeah, just like you know. 
trying to use my son's hotspot. And her kid goes, hasn't gone back to school yet. Mine went back last week, which was nice. Yeah, the 21st is going to yeah. happen. Oh, it's going to be so nice. It was great that they went back, but then I have to drive them. So that's a I think downside. that's when I'll get back on my teleworking schedule. Oh, yeah. Because then it will be quiet. <laughs> it will be quiet in <laughs> no, the house. No whistling in the background. No, just persistent whistling. <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned this on a previous podcast, but my 14-year-old, you know, learned how to whistle. And now we all know it. Yeah. It's just random. Yeah. Random. There's I'm no like, it's real, not happening right there's now. There's no real tune. No. It's just random. Just I call her and I can just hear it in the background. <laughs> and I'm like, what is Yeah. Uh, I can never recognize the song and I want to be like, what is the song that's in your it's head? It's not. It's not a song. It's just whistles. Anyway, good, <laughs> good times. times. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back with some nuggets and we'll try to put out an episode every week. Yes. We will do our best. We're going to try our hardest, you yes. guys. And we thank you for the support. Yes. Laters. You're Gonna Die Out There is produced by us, Jen and Megan, and edited by the talented and super nice guy, Jonathan Pillsbury. Thank you, Jonathan. Yay. Yay. Uh, all of this is possible because of an amazing group of Nature Nerd patrons. If you would like to be part of our super cool nerd community on Patreon, just go to our website at you'regonnadieoutthere.com, or you can check our link tree on our Instagram page, which is kind of amazing. It is. I'm sorry. But it is. Uh, another way you can support is by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcast. Uh, if you do, Jen will send you a really kick-ass sticker. You just have to send us your mailing address. I will do it if I forget. Hey, if you left us a review and I didn't send you a sticker, send us an email. Let me know. Just let me know. Uh, also, we would love to hear from you. We get a lot of our stories from listener suggestions. A lot. We kind of steal them. All the time. Yeah, because um, they're so good. So if you would like to do that, go to our website. We have a contact page at you'regonnadieoutthere.com or an email, you'regonnadieoutthere at gmail.com. And at the beginning of the episode, we give you a shout out. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And until next time. Don't die out there. Bye. Bye. Bye.